This episode contains depictions of violence that some people may find triggering. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Hi everyone, welcome back to Prevention Nation. Where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. I'm Caitlin Wagenfield. And I'm Roy Letts. Welcome back to Prevention Nation. It's Roy here, and uh, I'm with Caitlin, and we are talking about what? What today? Oh, that 70s show fiasco. Yeah, that 70s show. What a fiasco it was. Um, well, not the show itself. I, I enjoyed that show. Did you? I love that show. I quote the like the um, Wisconsin thing at the end all the time. Okay. Um, I also just randomly sing their theme song. I okay. love that 70s show. It was always my favorite rerun show that was on. I was excited for that 90s show, too, but it was kind of a flop, in my opinion. Um, but whenever I talk about it with my friends, they were never super into it. So I think I'm kind of at the end of the generation of loving that 70s show. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't try to even get into the 90s show because I lived pretty well through the 90s. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of an era I would like to forget. But the 70s was an era that I was born early in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I was just a little kid. But I've always had, um, I don't even know what the word is for it, but I've always had a real... Nostalgia. Nostalgia for the 70s, a fascination for what life was like for people in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So the 70s show to me was just, I mean, it was hippy-dippy, fun, um, quirkiness. So I loved that show. But um, we're obviously not here to talk about how much we loved the show. We're here to talk about some of the more serious things that are coming out about it regarding Danny Masterson. So um, I don't know, where do we want to start with this one? Well, he's been sentenced to, was it 30 years? 30 uh, years to life. To life in prison for two counts of rape. Correct. He was, initially there was three counts, um, but he was convicted only on two. Yeah. Yeah. And why was that? Yeah. So the best I understand, and I know we each have some notes here. um, The best I understand is that uh, his third victim, uh, Chrissy Bixler, was uh, they did not get a conviction on that because they were dating. And I think, uh, I, I mean, like it's jumping back to 30, 40 years ago, this kind of old school belief that you can't rape somebody you date or are married to, um, that I think is super problematic. Yeah, I have some notes from the trial where she came out and was speaking about her experience. And she talked about how he became sexually aggressive and physically and emotionally abusive explaining it was normal to wake up to him having sex with her and alleging that the actor once dragged her across the floor by her hair when she refused to have sex with him. Yeah. And, yeah, and I have uh, some of my notes uh, reference her one of the specific incidences um, of the rape or sexual assault uh, where he pointed a gun, not directly at her, but he pulled a gun out. Um, which is very ominous, I would imagine, if you are um, in bed with your partner and they pull out a gun and you are already verbalizing that you don't want to do this. Um, I think that's very much a a form of intimidation and coercion. Um, But also um, just, you know, she explained uh, in her uh, victim impact statement just how he pulled her hair, how he, you know, was so threatening and aggressive um, yeah, to me, that sounds like rape. That is rape, for Absolutely. sure. Um, I know that she also recounted when she went to the church official. Um, the church officials told her that it wasn't possible to rape one's girlfriend and that it was her job to give Masterson sex whenever he wanted, a direct quote. Um, she also alleged her ethics officer from the church told her no crime was committed and that 
like Jane Doe number one, one that was a convicted charge, um, she was put into an ethics program through the church. Interesting. Well, it, well, I don't even know how to unpack that. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just very difficult to even have a conversation around, especially when considering and. Uh, you know, one of the one in the victim impact statement was uh, she was instructed to when, when speaking of the, the church leaders and and again I don't know anything about the Church of Scientology I know very little about it other than what I see on the news what I've heard you know through various celebrities that are part of the organization um, so I, I don't I won't pretend to know that I, I that I know all the ins and outs mm-hmm. and nuances of the church or that I'm speaking regarding the church as a whole or is it just that area I don't know um, all the details but I think it's very problematic when you say about um, she was supposed to speak with church leaders in her victim impact statement she stated that after um, one particular incident uh, she was instructed to go talk with the president of the uh, Scientology Celebrity Center where Danny Masterson's mom Carol Masterson was the president Mm -hmm. so she was instructed to go speak to the president of their church organization, the mother of her rapist. How, how does that work? How does that, I mean, as a, as a person um, who just went through a rape, how do you do that? And we talk a lot about re-traumatization, oh, try that again, re-traumatization here. Mm-hmm. And that just sounds like an experience for that. Um, I get asked this question a lot in school too, not related to faith, but in relation to can you sexually assault or rape your dating partner? Yeah. And I always ask the kids that. I like reflect it back to them. This actually happened two weeks ago when I was at a school. A kid said, but what if it's your girlfriend? And I said, can you rape your dating partner? I asked the class and all of them were like, yeah. So I was like, break that down for me. What does that mean? They're like, well, you have to have consent even if you're together. I was like, what if you're married? Can you rape or sexually assault your your husband your wife your spouse and the answer was yes because you have to have consent and if you don't have consent it is sexual assault or rape i love that you i love that you're bringing in this angle of it because what do you think i mean i have a speculation but what do you think people or is the barrier for people thinking that you can rape a partner or um, spouse. What do you think the barrier? To me, it's a definition of rape. But what do you what do you think? And I can explain more. But I was wondering where, where you're at. Well, I mean, I talk a lot about um, inequalities in society, and I think in general, when we're looking at partnerships, whether that be just a dating relationship or a marriage, there's this idea of ownership of another person. Okay. Um, I definitely think we're getting away from that. Um, people don't believe that as much anymore but with this idea that oh you are a unit so mm-hmm. your thoughts and beliefs must be this other person's thoughts and beliefs and one person could speak for the other and especially when it comes to conversations about like bodily autonomy which is what we're talking about with consent Correct. um it just that doesn't match up okay yeah i like that perspective too absolutely i totally agree i i guess i was going to uh just um what i believe a lot of people have a common perception that Rape is this, um, has to be, in order to be rape, this violent, aggressive, stranger in an alley type situation. And I I just think uh, one of the things that I think is so wonderful about our programming is teaching, to your point, is consent. It's, it's not this, um, I mean, when we talk about human trafficking, we talk oftentimes about the misconceptions that it's this, you know, a stranger in a white van picking you up. And we know that the truths are far from that. Not to say that that can't happen, but the truths are much more 
um, you know, realistic that you're going to know this person. Mm -hmm. Well, with rape, again, that stranger, that idea that it's a stranger in an alley is not, is not, doesn't have a lot of truth or relevance. The, the truth and relevance is most of the time you're going to be raped and sexually assaulted by somebody you know, somebody you trust, oftentimes a dating partner. Um, so it's, it just comes down to consent it, and it doesn't have to look violent. It doesn't have to look aggressive. If somebody just doesn't want to, and you have no consent, that's rape. So, yeah. Um, I know we talk a lot about this statistic, but 93% of um, people under the age of 18 know their perpetrator. Yeah. And when we looked it up, I don't remember the exact one, but it was in the 70% range of people over the age of 18 that know their perpetrator. Wow, those are those are brutal numbers. Well, speaking of numbers, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was some numbers because I know one of the things that's most interesting about this Danny Masterson case is some of the some of the resulting um, I guess some of the, the resulting circumstances around it regarding like Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Tara Manning, Taryn Manning from Orange Is the New Black, and Christina Ritchie. Um, what I think is most interesting is the Mila Kunis and the Ashton Kutcher character letters. What's your opinion of that? It's tricky. Um, obviously, we should hold our friends accountable for things that they do wrong. And I'm not saying that they don't have to be friends with him anymore. Um, Mila Kunis started on that 70s show when she was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And she's in her 40s now. Yeah. That's a probably the one of the longest I friendships. Can't, it makes me feel really old, by the way. Just yeah. that it's been that long ago because I watched the watched the premiere but anyways it's one of the oldest friendships that she has and yeah for her her experience with this person is i actually have a quote about because people i have the whole overview pulled up of this case yeah but just that she's saying um he's never lied to her and that he has the best character and i think two things can be true we've talked a lot about this um obviously he he does not have the best character but to her that was her perspective right um and when she's talking about this friendship that she's had and how he's always been a wonderful person in her life that can be true and he can also be a rapist i mean we know a lot of perpetrators usually are very charismatic they do have people that are close to them Mm -hmm. and we hear that all the time oh this person would never do that but they do right yeah i I think, uh, like you, when you said it's complicated, I, for me, it's evolving, it's devolving, it's um, every bit of that. Um, I, I, like you, I uh, agree two things can be true at once. Um, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, their character letters, I there's a part of me that wants to think how important it is that a character letter be offered on all sides of people. I mean, I think, you know, if I had a child that was um, guilty of some heinous crime, I, I I feel like I would also want to be able to write a character letter knowing all the wonderful things about my child or wonderful things about my friend or the wonderful things, which is what they did. They were writing some of the things that they knew to be true from their perspective about their friend, Danny Masterson, and, that, and how he, you know, helped them or assisted them through a lot of different um, trials in their lives. I think that's important, and I think that's um, Taryn Manning from Orange is the New Black. She's gone on some pretty wild rants about this, that she um, that she's received a lot of criticism also for speaking out for her friend Danny Masterson. I think all three of those characters I've seen, I haven't seen them openly victim blame. I haven't seen them do anything that appeared intentional to victim blame or minimize the impact of what he did. I definitely just did feel like they were speaking to the character mm-hmm. that they knew. So I don't know if there's anything inherently wrong with that. Um, I think my struggle more is 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure where my struggle is. Where's your struggle? Where Where are you? Where's it complicated for you? Just the idea that we should believe all victims. And I know Ashton Kutcher does a lot of work in the human trafficking field. Mm-hmm. So he knows the statistics that we're talking about. Yeah. He, it's, but when it is closer to home, it's harder to recognize. Um, whenever I talk to students, and not specifically with rape or sexual assault, but just in general, um, healthy relationships or unhealthy relationships, it can be hard to identify your friend as being... Not necessarily a bad person, but having these bad actions or doing bad things, things that aren't healthy. Obviously, in this case, raping somebody is, it's a crime. It's a bad characteristic to have is to be a rapist. But we talk about how, I always relate it to drugs and alcohol. So um, kids are taught growing up that this like mysterious like person will come to them at a party and be like, do you want to do a drug? And all of a sudden it's a devil. Yeah, again, the stranger thing, right? Where, yeah. yeah. Where did it all come from? But, but, anyways. That, but that's not it, right? So yeah. typically what happens is kids are with their friends and they're hanging out, just having a good time. And suddenly their friend who they know and they love and they trust pulls out like a baggie. And they're like, who wants to smoke some weed? And then they're conflicted, right? They're all in their head feels talking about how or thinking about how well this person is my friend and they're a good person but i've been told that drugs are bad and they're like looking around to see what other people are going to do so it just it conflicts their opinions that they've decided about this person is now being some cognitive dissonance is happening there they're like what this doesn't make sense and i mean i talked to the kids about that but even that happens in adults right like i mean we've both talked about experiences where we've had people in our lives that we feel one way about and we learn something and we have to sit back and then mourn the person that we knew them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think you helped me get there then. You helped me get there that I think that's, I think that's where I struggle too, is that not with the letters per se that Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher wrote or the messages that Taryn Manning is saying about their friend, the parts of their friend, Danny Masterson. I think my only ick about it is that I just wish I knew I wish I had, I wish I knew that they were understanding the point that you just made, that there were parts of Danny that might have been wonderful, but I wish they also in their thing acknowledged the victims. I I think that would have made me feel a lot better if in that letter they said, you know, something, something to that effect that Danny was this, this and that, but we understand that there was this about him too. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if that would have made sense in a character letter. I don't know if that's the opposite of a character letter, but I just I just feel I just feel ick about it. Ugh, and I and I hate that. Well, so. and I mean, you are somebody that used to work in law enforcement, and I know I've shared my opinions about this before, but that I feel like our correction system is there to rehabilitate people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think people have the ability to change, to learn, and do better. Um, and I think. If you have every healthy person, every good friend in somebody's life, cut them off when they go to jail or he's getting 30 years to life. So he's not getting out. But in a general sense that when they come out, they don't have that support system to do better. Right. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's huge discussions about corrections, reform, rehabilitation or habilitation to begin with. Yeah. I don't know. It's complicated, but I will tell you one thing that you mentioned. You said he got 30 years. One thing I would like to talk about, um, you brought up statistics earlier. I pulled up some some statistics because I know that mm-hmm. 
there's been some people that have been kind of the the shock and awe. 30 years, he got that long? 30 years to life? Um, and I just wanted to clear some things up about some statistics. I was looking um, at rape, rape convictions in the United States. Uh, reported rapes, there's uh, only 50% um, chance of arrest for a reported rape. Now, mind you, most rapes are not reported. Mm -hmm. Of reported rapes, only 50% uh, have a, a chance of arrest. If arrested, there's an 80% chance of prosecution. If prosecuted, there's a 58% chance of conviction. And if convicted, check this out, if convicted, only a 6% chance of jail time. So there's 50% chance of arrest and then bring that all the way down to 6% 6 chance of jail time. I mean, basically, nobody's getting arrested and doing real jail time for this. It's very minimal. And even more so, to break it down a little bit further, um, because... Some of those are misdemeanor things. A lot of that's misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. When you break it down to felony, felony convictions are only 0.7% of reported rapes rather than 58% um, chance of conviction. Only 0.7%. And felony convictions resulting in incarceration is only 0.6% of that 0.7%. Mm -hmm. So basically, you're not going to do jail time. Um, so Danny Masterson um, getting 30 years to life is, and I don't... I don't really know how to say this in words, but it is, I think, a form of demonstration of real justice. It's setting an example. Setting an example, which I think is really important because one of the things I, I took a training some years ago um, talking about teen pregnancy and something I had never considered that I thought was really interesting was that um, the show's 16 Pregnant and Teen Mom, uh, while they were going on, while they were aired at the height of their um, success are linked to a possible 5.7% reduction in teen births during that time of that show airing. So when people say, what do we care about these stars? Big deal. Danny Masterson was a TV star and he got 30 years to life. What's important is that a lot of these big, um, high profile cases really create a precedence um, in uh, other, uh, well, the rest of the country and around mm -hmm. the world, perhaps even. Um, so I think Danny Masterson getting 30 years to life um, is going to be cited in future court cases and might have some influence on um, the convictions and the rapes that occur in everyday America in you know your neighborhood and mine. So, which is good because I know there's a case that we've brought up multiple times, and it's the Brock Turner case. Mm -hmm. He lives just north of us in Dayton, Ohio. Sure does. And we talk a lot about how he did not have to serve time for the crime that he committed. And he was one that he didn't know the person. It was just a person that was passed out behind. Um, it was like a dumpster, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. So we talked, we've talked a little bit about that in this office, but how he did not have to pay for what he did. So I think cases like this are going to set that precedent for it moving forward. I agree. I think uh, in, in my closing, I think one of the things that's most important, just, you know, considering, you know, we're talking about, you know, obviously the Danny Masterson case, but I think I don't want it to draw away from the most important thing, which is that there are victims uh, involved in this case. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting statistically um, was that uh, according to um, some reports, 89% of victims uh, from rape and sexual assault experience lifelong emotional and physical consequences and it makes me reminds me of what uh, Chrissy Bixler said um, in her testimony was that to this day she's you know 20 some years later she still struggles showering every day she still struggles with her own 
um, issues that resulted from that rape, the, the impact from that rape and sexual assault. So I just think um, it's really important for our listeners to understand that this should be victim-centered um, and, and, and it is the perpetrator's behavior that causes this, but victim-centered recovery. Um, you know, so my heart goes out to Chrissy Bixler and to everyone who's a victim of rape and sexual assault, that they get healing and help um, in the best ways they can to you know, mitigate some of those lifelong emotional and physical consequences because um, they can be seriously detrimental. So, yeah. yeah. Anything you'd want to add? I just want to really push that consent is key. Making sure that you're getting freely given, it's ongoing, making sure that you're getting consent, making sure that you know what consent is. Um, Obviously, there's lots of resources out there, but consent is key. Absolutely. Um, We will put in the show notes um, some resources and supports for uh, victims out there and take care of yourselves and each other.